I don't regret having to go through that, but I think that it could have been a lot more gracious and it didn't have to be so severe if I would have just taken the time to really reflect and heal the way that I knew I probably should. And I just like had to get so burnt out and so to the end of my rope before he could, I mean, he literally caught me falling off of my rope. Hello and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Why, hello, Healing Trauma Mamas. Welcome back to the podcast today. I'm very excited that you decided to take a little time out of your day to join us and to to listen to another um, amazing journey and life lessons and um, just listen to a, another mom, birth worker, and um, just beautiful woman uh, of the Lord today coming on the podcast to to share with you. And with that, I'd like to welcome Joquetta today to the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Would you much. like to introduce a little more about yourself? Sure. Sure. Um, my name is Jaquetta and um, I am a midwife, mother, and lover of moms. Um, I have uh, been in midwifery since 2011, but really been in love with um, God's process of mothering since I was a child. Um, I got into birth work because I really felt it was a call that the Lord was putting on my heart. And of course he did it different than I ever thought, <laughs> ever thought he would. Yes, go change the baby. Um, and, uh, so I did birth work for about 10 years. My current, um, family situation as of right now is, uh, a brand new, mother of five, um, and, um, just kind of figuring out how to do this. We went from single mom of two to a family of six, seven, sorry, I have a husband too, <laughs> seven. And, um, <laughs> and it's just, it's been a while, but it's been, uh, it's been awesome wild. And, um, uh, Madonna and I have the pleasure of knowing just, um, God brought her into my life, um, and I got to journey with her in the beginning of her midwifery journey. Um, and I've, I've done a lot. I've, um, I've been in birth centers. I've done home birth. I've done group birth. I've done solo birth. Um, I've had several students and, um, now being out of midwifery for December will be two years since I uh, attended my last delivery. And, uh, yeah, it's just been, it's, it's been a wonderful ride as midwifery isn't gone and it never, it's never, it never leaves you. Um, but I've definitely been in a season where it's, um, it's been on hold. Um, and then I got to do it myself. I have a four month old baby boy. So, um, I got to go through the journey post, uh, midwifery. Um, and that had some pretty fun, uh, learning curves in it. And, um, yeah, so that's where we're at. We're postpartum, um, mom, not midwifing at the moment and, um, really getting closer to the Lord. And Madon called me and asked if I would be on the podcast and I was super honored. So here I am. I love it. Thank you for all of that. And yeah, you have so much, um, 
experience and got to, I, I feel like you've had such a, a rounded, I feel like you kind of went full circle with some things. And right. I think that's really neat that the Lord did that. He just uh, quite a few different things. He brought full circle for you. And I love when he brings us to that time of resting in him, even though I'm sure your postpartum period is not very restful <laughs> usually Thank with you. lots of children and a little one, but that period of kind of really resting and digging into him, resting in yes. him. And I, I think that is needed for all of us at different points of time in our life, for sure, um, to really take that time. So I'm so thankful that he has done that for you. And that you're in that season because every season is so beautiful. Um, and it's, it's one to be honored as well as any other, even if, if you were a very busy midwife right now, right. You know, that would be a different season that you're learning different things. And right now he has you in this season. I think that's great. So do you want to share a little bit kind of about your journey and, um, you know, before getting to this point, some things the Lord has really taught you, shown you, you, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about trauma all the time on this podcast, but yes. our point is always, we, we discuss the trauma. We might go into some of how it occurred, maybe kind of analyze a little bit of how it happened or why it happened, but mm-hmm. our whole goal is healing. Our whole goal is coming out of it on the other side, um, learning so much and the Lord just growing and healing us um, through that trauma or after that trauma. And um, that is our focus. And I know that's your focus as well. And I know you've had a lot of experiences to really get you um, to this point. So I'd love to hear some um, experiences or, or insight that you'd like to share with the listeners. Yes, absolutely. Let me, let me sit here, wait on the Holy Spirit just a little bit. Um, yes, I think the best starting point is just how, um, how the Lord started me off with him in birth. Uh, I was with a, a Christian midwife initially. Um, but I would say she, she was very much a believer, but I don't know that she relied on the Lord very much. It was more her skill set and her book. I remember um, very vividly, she would grab Varney's and put it on the table whenever there was a stressful situation. And she would open that book up biblically and be like, what do we do? You know? Um, and that was good as an initial student, making sure you're following all the rules and, you know, you're following protocol and algorithm and, you know, there's a situation, what do we, you know, where do we take it from here? But definitely not really reliant on, um, on the Holy spirit to speak. So when God put me in Midland, Texas with um, the two midwives that solely trained me, took me under their wing. I literally moved into the birth center, lived in the birth center for nine months. Um, and then I got my own little apartment, you know, three blocks away from the birth center. Um, but I was really immersed into that culture where um, I was being taught on how to integrate the Lord back into his medical system, which he's been removed in a lot of ways. Um, But these women really uh, were able to do both. They were able to follow, you know, standard medical teaching, but also, you know, really listen to the Holy spirit about what was going on. What does this woman need right now? You know, 
kind of throw the algorithm out. You know, we've done X, Y, Z. Now that's not working. You know, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, what do you need me to do? Um, and in that little birth center um, at 10, you know, 10 to 12 births a month, uh, living there, starting all the initial triage um, and with them from the beginning, the middle, the end, uh, tucking them in bed sometimes because they lived so far that, you know, it really wasn't safe for them to drive after being up you know, a day or two in labor and then birth and the dad, you know, it's central Texas. So it's like a long straight road in the dark, mm -hmm. no, no lights. And it just, sometimes it was better to just let them, we would sign them out of the birth center because they were very good midwives and, you know, you can't just spend the night there, but we'd sign them out and basically take them to this other room that was like the B and B area, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is usually my room. And so they'd sign out and they'd be discharged and then they'd take a nap and I'd wake up and I'd make them breakfast. And it was very much a servanthood. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, it was exhausting, but I was single and not married. And um, I really was dedicating everything I had to that, you know, to that area. Um, and I got to see, um, I got to see a lot. I got to see a lot of complications because when you have a higher yield, you do run into more hemorrhages and more, you know, particular things that you might not see in a home birth practice with one birth every couple of months. And we also dealt with a, um, a Mennonite um, uh, population. Um, and whenever you have a group of people that has specific beliefs in a specific diet, sometimes you can see some patterns. Um, and so we, we did see those things. Um, more often with this particular group. I won't say them because I don't want to label anybody, but we just saw some consistencies in diet really. And so I got to do a couple of things. Um, well, it's hard to say without saying, right. I got to really hone <laughs> some skills, um, you know, over and over again. They weren't complications. They're just things midwives needs to know. So I feel like my training was very specific and very thorough. Um, and then I also got to pray with a lot of them and a lot of them were Christians. And so to see them call on the Lord when, um, you know, something was not going well, or, you know, we were resuscitating a baby to see these moms um, in that moment as a care provider, you know, lean on the Lord or tell us, you know, I really feel like this is happening. And then realizing we need to listen to her. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And then just creating that, you know, midwifery bond with them um, through through tragedy, through um, long hours, through wonderful bursts, through, you know, epic overcoming, like women that have, you know, had VBACs that said that would never happen, um, women that had experienced loss that finally got pregnant, um, you know, just all of these, these women, hundreds of women, I think I had, you know, 200 deliveries before I even got my license there. Um, and so it was just this immersed in culture it really started me off with, you know, these are people, this is a ministry. Um, every single baby is something that is going to be a lifelong um, memory for these women, you know, and how this baby comes about. And I mean, this, th these are people, these are families. It's not, you know, this isn't another number. This isn't another experience. This isn't a number. Oh, I get to do this. Like these are, these are precious, precious children of God, you know, and he, he's going to let me, sit here and watch over them, love on them, you know, minister to them, pray with them. Um, so I really, I, and I, I really got that. I really, really did. I, 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 it was, it was a humbling experience. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how my heart got 
prepared for women, for um, for midwifery. And I, I've always felt like that specific upbringing in it just made me very um, humble um, and and reverent to how how special these women are and how important it is um, and how much of an impression you can make on somebody with a word, a phrase, um, a look, um, you know, that, that those things in, in those moments are, are life lasting, um, you know, to discourage or to encourage or to be present or to be say, you know, on a phone that that woman you know, that could impact her for the rest of her life. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's something that was ingrained in me from the beginning, which come to find out um, really made me somebody who God trusted with the women that were hurting. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of how that started. <laughs> that's great. And you were young when you started. Um a lot of times yes. midwifery, the Lord calls people to midwifery later in life. And, um, he, he called you very, very early on, right? Yeah. Uh, I was 19. Um, but I didn't actually get to, I mean, I, I, I did the reading, went to a couple conferences. Um, one was called, so you want to be a midwife. And it was at, I got to go to yeah. birthing way and have like a, um, a sit down with all those women and, um, have like a two day, you know, questionnaire conference where they were really just, you know, trying to tell women about midwifery, but also, uh, I guess kind of talk you out of it in, in the best way. <laughs> like <laughs> this is kind of what it is. And they still didn't, it didn't really set in like what you were doing, you know, um, that moment came like much, much later after I was way far in and couldn't, you know, couldn't un- undo anything. It was like, well, no, this is what we're doing now. Um, but they did a good job, uh, of, of, you know, saying what midwifery was and how important it was. So yeah, I was 21, 22 when I started apprenticing, um, in Colleen, Texas. And oh. yeah. And so by the time I got my midwifery degree, I was 25 because my apprenticeships, um, I started and then I actually started school. And then of course I failed my first NARM by one question and 2%. So I had to wait the six months before you could take it again. That's why I graduated with so many numbers. <laughs> so I was 24 when I actually got my, uh, when I actually got my <laughs> midwifery uh, license in Texas. So yeah. And now being, you know, my 38th birthday is coming up this week. Um, that's very young. <laughs> just, just like yeah. as, a, as a wise 38 year old, like, would I let a 24 year old deliver my baby? That's only had that much school. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. was, I was seasoned, but yes, a baby very much. So, well, I was 37 when I started. Yes. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I started. But at I love, but I love your, I love your story and how he called you. Um, and like yeah. I said, when, when I finally got to talk to you was, um, all this knowledge and having had a family and having had homers, I almost think that's, that's so much better. That's such a wonderful launch point. Um, and I, I yeah, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be very grounded and very blessed um, because of that experience you had before you started. So yeah, I'm very thankful. Wonderful. I can definitely see how the Lord just ordained it all. And you know, the timing of everything. I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. So uh, something that you were um, saying a little bit ago, and it was just giving me some memories thinking about, um, 
you all, I don't think I've ever shared this on the podcast before, but when I was looking um, to apprentice, I knew that I needed to start school now. Like this was the timing, the time was perfect. And I started calling different midwives. You know, I live in an area that is really a maternity desert um, where, yeah. where I'm at. Um, and I, I know, I knew that because I had struggled to find a midwife whenever I had had my last two. And right. so I was aware of that and I knew I was going to have to travel uh, a fair amount in order to apprentice. And I remember I had made a lot of different calls to a lot of different people and I got several no's, um, that they weren't taking taking a student. Um, right now I even got a one that said, no, go back to homeschooling your family and wait. <laughs> and I, I appreciate yeah. her. I love her and I appreciate her because her thinking was just, you need to go, you know, just continue being a mom for now and homeschooling and stuff. And, right. and, you know, if we can wait, you can wait five years or something. And I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I do understand where she's coming from on that. But I knew that the Lord was calling me now. And so I kept on and I had called many other midwives that either didn't respond to me um, or took some time responding back to me. And so I remember that. And and you were the one who took a chance on me, actually, that that did, you know, respond back and and did didn't tell me no and, and did say, let's let's see. And one of the things that I remember um well, I can share a little bit. So in our interview, basically, that we had, which we went in depth about a lot of things, you know, and of course, being a believer and trusting in the Lord was one of those things that I think that you wanted in a student as well, because you were trusting him so much and everything. And you knew that would be important. Um, was that after the point, <laughs> after we're done with our interview, you're like, by the way, I got clients coming in right now. Do you want to go? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, remember thinking, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And, and how that was, that was so sweet for me. Cause I was like, okay, yay, you know, this is good. And, and one of the things, you know, I think, um, I think it was a year and a half that, that I, um, apprenticed with you and maybe yes. a little bit longer right around there. And, um, one of the things that, uh, occurred to me when you were, you were talking about how people were training you and what you were seeing, you know, from the Lord was, was the trusting was, was really, I mean, there were many times where things would come up and you're like, I don't know how that's going to work out, but he's got it. And you would just, you would just say that. And there were many times where we would pray before we walked in a home together and where we would pray before we started our clinic day. And in the middle of a, one of the sweetest births I remember together um, was where the mama, after each contraction, she was like, okay, next person to pray. Okay. Now you pray. Okay. Now you pray. <laughs> yes, and yes. It was just no, in go. between every contraction yeah. was, was somebody's going to start praying. And oh, yes. I, yeah. And I was just thinking like, like how amazing that was to have that, you know, that opportunity to, to be welcoming a little one and to be taking care of this mama and to be continually prayers to the Lord the whole time. And I was thinking how much I appreciated that about you. Not only did you take a chance on me as a student, um, who I did have a young one when I started, um, I still had, let's see, what was he like 17 months old? Mm-hmm. I think my yeah. was 17 months old because he's he's four and a half now. He'll be five in February. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So he I was, still did have a little, little one. But you yes. had, but you had support and a plan that and a determination. <laughs> you had support, <laughs> plan, determination. You didn't come with me like, well, I don't know how it's going to work out. <laughs> um, that's true. And, that, and that's Madonna too. Like, she's like, I am prayed up. I am prepared. I've talked to my people and I've, you know, I have gone through all the things and I know that I know that I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's what was different about you. Um, I mean, if, if anyone would have taken the time to just listen would have seen that about you. Um, but midwives well, obviously are, it needed to be used, So that yeah. worked out. Well, and I did. The Lord knew. I felt, yeah. I felt that immediately. God was like, Nope, this is, this is one of mine. That's how I always felt with you. This is one of mine. Um, and again, with the reverence, like, okay, you're going to trust her with me. Okay. Okay. You know, um, <laughs> it's just, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously I didn't do everything perfect and, you know, I made mistakes, but, um, my, my prayer for you always was, you know, you know, Lord, just lead me with her, um, show her what she needs to see with me and let me be a good steward of, you know, this, of this calling on her life. Um, because he, from the very get go was speaking to me about you and about this practice that you have now, which is just so humbling, you know? Um, just to play a little, a little part in the work that he does down here with us is, you know, it's, it's the creator of all the universe. He put all the stars in the sky and he breathes breath into every single little tiny person. And, you know, he picks women here on earth to, to usher them from his realm into this one. Um, and that's, it's remarkable. It's, it's, it's. It's unfathomable. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> this is a job. Like, I was like, I'm sure. Are you sure you need to be doing this job? I don't know if we need to be doing this job. Um, but he goes, no, you, mm. you, I'm right here with you, you know? Um, so when, it, it when taking humbling. on a student, yeah, when, when taking on a student, all of that was always in my mind, um, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I, I never, never once doubted that you would get to the point that you are today and, and have a thriving, practice that has perfect balance with your family um because that's what the lord wants for you and wants for every midwife um but you're listening and that was a big difference yeah i agree and even like i think about i feel like i've grown so much since that point like the lord has done such a work in my life he's not only provided miraculous healing on so many mm-hmm. issues on trauma and physical issues but he has he has grown me in my walk with him which i think is a continual journey for all of us just growing us in that trusting and that relationship that communing with him and right. i I do have to say, though, to any potential students out there, anybody thinking about it, it was extremely important to set up a really good support system. So I knew going into it, like my husband, I knew that he was all in, like he was completely on board. He saw the midwife in me before I saw the midwife in me. Yes. And so, I mean, that's amazing. And, And one of my children, the first birth I went to, um, happens to be on the birth was on the birthday of my eldest daughter and yes. she is the biggest supporter of me and she was saying that from the very beginning because you know there can be many times that us moms have guilt about pursuing something else that isn't just pouring into our children and she she was like no mom you got this I know this is what you're supposed to do and even when I left that dinner that was her birthday dinner 
to go to this birth, she was smiling and she was like, yay, mom, this is awesome. And she was so thankful. And I, of course, I always remember that, that little one's birthday every year and check in with that mom and say, yes, you know, because that was so special to me that that was on my, my first um, my first birth as a student was my first birth um, anniversary, basically. Her, her yes. birthday. Yeah. So I had my husband that was extremely supportive. I had my eldest daughter that was so supportive, which I knew I would need. And most all my children were, they're like, oh, we're not too sure about what this is going to look like, mom, but we're right. on board you know, to, to support you. And then my mom and my dad, I went to them mm-hmm. and I was like, listen, if I do this thing, like, I'm going to need help. I'm going to need to know that you guys support this. And I honestly was a little like unsure about my mom because she had been so entrenched in the medical world for so long because she had been a nurse at our local oh, hospital yeah, she's a nurse. for mm-hmm. so, so long. And I just wasn't positive. And she had supported me in, in home birth, but I didn't know how she would feel about me really stepping into that. And I love it. My mom and dad were yeah. both like, you got it. Tell us what you need. Yeah. And it was so sweet to know that I had them. And then I also had family members or not family members, but extended friends and stuff who I had mentioned to and that were supportive. And they were like, you need something. You let us know. And yeah. there were many times throughout the apprenticeship that there were so many times where I had to like text somebody or calls me like, hey, I'm not going to make it to take the kids to this appointment or to go to this right. or oh. to that, or to the kids need, Josh has to go to his job and I need somebody to run over there to, to check on the children. You know, there were so yeah. many things, um, that happened that it took so many people that were supportive of what I was doing to make it work. Yeah. And I would encourage anybody out there just just set up that good support system ahead of time. Make sure that those people are on board and they see your vision and they see that the Lord's calling you to it and that they are going to be there to help you as well. Hi, listeners. I wanted to take just a moment out of this podcast episode to make sure that you are aware that Healing Trauma Mamas is a strictly donation only podcast. It was created to be an amazing resource for mamas out there in their journey to healing. And I want to continue making sure that it is available for mamas out there. So if Healing Trauma Mamas has made a difference in your life, I'd like to ask that you consider making a donation. There are a couple different ways that you can do this. You can provide monthly support to the podcast through Spotify. Or you can also send a one-time donation through Spotify or the link that is in this podcast episode that you can also find a donation link on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. I would like to sincerely thank you for your support on this podcast. I'd encourage you to please make sure that you are following, that you have liked, that you had shared. Let's get this resource out there for as many mamas as possible. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, you need that in midwifery. So it's interesting. It's like you need it really much, uh, very much as a student because your life is not your own and you are at mm-hmm. the mercy of the midwife and the clients. Um, but, you know, it does prepare you for the 
the support system you're going to need to be able to practice and for what kind of practice you want and that your family Mm. might, you know, might need um, because, you know, there's different families that have different dynamics. And so home birth is going to fit some and maybe, you know, birth center where you have um, scheduled day off and scheduled call, you know, fits, you know, others. Um, And so, and then of course your birth philosophy has to fit in there for, you know, what kind of midwifery practice you want to have. So in the training um, it does seem like if you if you are trained well and and do the apprenticeship part, which is monumental, um, you know, God kind of does set that up for you in the journey. Um, and yeah, so it's it's an important piece to just make sure that you're being conscious of that and paying attention to that as you go. Um, if you don't have kids, you know, and you aren't married and you're doing midwifery. Um, it's also an important conversation to have with, you know, any potential, um, boyfriends, fiancés, um, and, you know, and friends and family about what your life is going to look like and then make decisions, you know, with that in mind, because if, if that's your life, it's not just job. If that's your life at that particular point, um, you know, everyone needs to know what the expectations are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very, very important. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about maybe speaking of trauma? Um, Mm -hmm. there were many times I've spoken on this podcast about several, um, and then there's been people that have come on the podcast that know you and I both. And, um, there is lots of, uh, they shared in the, in trauma and healing and how trauma comes out in birth work. And I've shared many times before how not only are we at that point to help those, those moms, we need to be, have, be very trauma informed and know how to respond to these different situations that we may have with moms, whether it's coming from past sexual trauma or, childhood trauma or something um, that might come out, but also how that affects us and how not only can we also get secondary trauma from those different things, but also our own personal traumas um, can come out and how we deal with that and process that and work on not only helping that mama heal, but then ourselves healing through that. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Yeah. um, Gosh. So much has happened since the two years that I've been off. So much has happened to make me reflect back and look and see where there was gaps. Um, and really just to see the Lord's grace and mercy. Um, even the type of Christian that I was, that I thought I was versus, you know, the walk that I have with the Lord now. Um, me too. Gosh, I could have done it so much better. Um, where to start with that? We're all just people and you know in in a moment of of trauma and tragedy um whether it's you know mental emotional physical or a combination of them all um i really think it does it does depend on your relationship with him how you'll respond not just in the moment but in retrospect um i leaned on the Lord, very heavy in birth. And I leaned on him very heavy after, um, but it didn't particularly save me from being affected negatively from the things that I had seen, even though he came in, even though he saved, even though he, um, consoled, 
And even when stuff didn't go the way him or I wanted it to go, um, I really feel like had I been under a different covering, I think I would have done a lot better with some of the post-trauma from seeing and dealing with the situations that you do as a midwife. Uh, you don't get to pick what kind of birth you go to. Uh, you do get to pick your clients. And I do think that that is a big part of being a midwife is having discernment um, and knowing to, you know, who to take and why. Um, there's a big difference between that. I need that, you know, client for my bottom line tonight <laughs> or this month. And then um, I really feel led to help her with this. I feel like I'm the only one around that can help her through this because of mm -hmm. my experience or my discernment with the Lord or just him saying like, she's yours. You, you need her. She, she needs you. Um, and so it's just such a complicated thing. Um, as, well, as just a, a reminder. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Just as a reminder, no, like this, the, these conversations are, are for learning and growth and never, um, cause I, I say this over and over and I will continue saying it. There is never any condemnation or shame in Christ Jesus. Right. None of that ever. And so any of us, anytime we're looking at the past and we're looking at things, it, it should only be to edify us, to, to help grow us for the future or to make decisions that are going to be better in the future, never for condemnation, never to feel shameful about the past, right. but always just for, for growth. So in this conversation, right. I just want to make sure everybody, you know, thinks about that for a moment. If you're thinking about, about these, if the listener is thinking about any previous experiences or things like that, do not do that. If it's for you to feel guilty. That is not the right. point. The point is to maybe analyze and kind of see, you know, okay, this is what happened in that situation. Would I do it differently now? Absolutely. But I've learned different now. So let's take the steps to make sure in the future I do it differently. But right. never, never to feel guilty, condemnation, shame, any of that. So I just want to tell everybody that right now. Good. We all need that. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Oh, yeah. Don. Um, well, so to, to, to redirect, um, I, I don't know how you could walk with someone through a trauma in midwifery without the Lord. I don't know how you would do that. Um, that maybe there's a book or, <laughs> um, a step-by-step -step process. Um, I know people always want to do well with other people, but I, I would not have done a lot of the things or said a lot of the things that I did without the Lord's prompting. And I mean, that's, he'd literally give me things to say that I'm like, you want me to say that? Okay. And she'd come back later and say that that was a word that really um, broke her through a barrier that she was fighting against or broke her into a thought process that she was able to release some of the, um, the guilt um, you know, and these are situations like I should have had a baby in the hospital, um, or I, I shouldn't have stayed, um, I, I shouldn't have stayed home. I should have gone in when I had this thought or, um, you know, I don't, I never really wanted to do this in the first place or did I, um, you know, and, and th those are all, and, and that can be from a birth, not going the way that you wanted it to, to an outcome that was, you know, poor, um, or devastating. And, and so those, those moments as a midwife, you're with them, at least if you're a good one, if you're an honorable one, you should be with them. 
um, because we don't get to choose how the birth goes. Uh, we do have a huge responsibility in how it plays out um, because it is our job to give informed consent and to get them to higher level care in a reasonable manner to the best of our ability in that, you know, in that time. From what I can see, this is what we need to do. Um, and your relationship with her is one of the reasons why midwives can do that so well. I can I can pick up things that she might not want to say or feelings that she has that she might not be communicating, fear, um, discomfort, um, you know, not trusting herself, not trusting her instincts or being in trauma and not being able to communicate that she, you know, is uncomfortable because, you know, a, a home birth doesn't need to equal a traumatic birth. Um uh, it should be a healing birth. And if she's getting to the point where either pain or suffering or um, fear or something cannot be, cannot be handled in a way that she can feel supported. I mean, that's going to end up in trauma. I don't care if she's, you know, negative one centimeter or, um, you know, not in labor yet. I've, I've transferred people that aren't even in labor yet. Cause I can see that this is not what she wants to do, or there's a reason she needs to be in the hospital. Um, and if you're not paying attention and you're not Holy Spirit led in concerning, you know, her and not my motives of me wanting another, you know, nice home birth or me not having had a nice home birth in a while. And it would be really great to just have a baby come out at home. If, if you're thinking like that, you're, you're not individualizing your care to that particular person, um, to that particular moment. Um, and you'll miss things. And I have. Um, so I'd say, you know, in informed choice care with trauma in mind as a trauma trained um, midwife, that if you're not thinking of those things in front of that client as you're taking care of her, whether it's on the phone, through text, uh, in the birth postpartum, and you're not putting her needs first, then you could potentially be, you know, adding unnecessary trauma. Um, but I've always found that in doing all of those things, I've been there to catch her. I've been there to affirm something in her. I've been there to say the word that she needed for breakthrough. Um, and not because of me or who I am, just because I was listening and I was a willing servant. Um, and in, in a lot of my midwifery, I've always said, you know, I am willing, he is able. And that was very much like, I don't know how to say other than a mantra. Um, you know, that's not really the word I want, but like my, my mission statement was I am willing, he is able, like I will go, I will say the things that will do the thing. Um, but a lot of my victory moments were not necessarily a baby that came out. Um, they were a mother who was healed, um, a mother who who got closure um, about something that had happened that she couldn't control um, a mother that felt empowered uh, to go on and help other mothers because of the birth that she was able to have at home. And, you know, we held the space for her to do that. Um, I consider those more of my victory moments than, you know, any, any perfect butter birth or any, any maneuver that I did to, you know, to save a shoulder dystocia. Um, th those are great, but I feel like that's kind of like basement work for a midwife. Like you need to know how to do those things and those things should happen. Um, but if, you know, you're pursuing excellence, um, I, I would say that that's where my excellence was, um, when I, when I could be there and, and help her in a way that, um, you know, the Lord would, if he was standing right there with her. Yeah, that's great. Yep.
Agreed. That's awesome. So you got to make a big difference in a lot of women's lives. I, I really have some awesome memories. Um, yeah. And I, I, I hope to do it again, but if I don't, um, I've also made peace with that. Like, because God has a season, there's a time and season for everything. We know that from Ecclesiastes, um, you know, seasons to, to work and seasons to sow and seasons to mourn and seasons to have joy. Um, I'm definitely in a joy season. Motherhood is a little different than midwifery. Um, and I wasn't not a mother then. I'm just all a mother now. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> um, and I'm midwifing my family into, you know, joy every day. Um, so yeah, you never stop being a midwife. But uh, the the trauma, I guess, that I have came away with that I had to deal with from particular, you know, circumstances and events and just a long decade of running myself into the ground um, was a lot different than I thought. Um, and midwives talk about it a little bit. They talk about and this isn't burnout. This is like not dealing with things or having to keep going because you don't have time to deal with things. Um, and sometimes that's because of the schedule. Sometimes that's just because that's how birth is going. And sometimes that's because you're taking a client load that maybe you shouldn't have. Um, and so, and that, you know, you, you soldier on. Um, but when the Lord well, you choose told to put me, things. right. <laughs> yeah. You, um, you choose those... to put them aside sometimes because it's too difficult yeah. to, to, right. you know, concentrate on them and just rather stay busy. Yeah. And I, um, I'm sure I did part of that, but I really feel like when I was really in the thick of it, it's like the train just was really hard to stop. Um, mm. But the Lord's gracious. And so when he, when he stopped me, I mean, I met a wall. It was a very hard, hard brick wall. Um, but I was able to step away um, and, and, and get some reflection time. Um, and what I started to see was that, um, yeah, what did I start to see at that moment? That he had never left me, but that there was a lot of growth that I needed to do in him and that I was holding myself, uh, responsible for a lot more things than, than maybe he would have wanted me to. Um, there was a lot of, uh, there's actually a, a really awesome poem that I could, I might read in another, another, uh, episode if we do another one, um, about he never intended for me to stay so brokenhearted that that the work that he started in me, um, was, was fully, but that had I pushed into him more, had I made a more conscious effort in, in my own growth, and not just kind of kept my head down in the sand um, that, you know, it wouldn't have had to be so long. It wouldn't have had to be so hard. Um, and I, you know, what in the birth, the, in the birth world, fatigue is such a constant thing. If you have to stay on top of your mental and emotional fatigue, um, the physical fatigue we're taught to deal with, you know, you get sleep, you catch up, you do this, you do that. But the real mental break, um, and I don't think I realized as a young Christian how important the silence and being in his presence, how healing that is, or really had any information or training um, from 
my family, my church, my people, um, on how to really rest in him. Um, because that was something that I had to learn to survive. Otherwise you just sit in your own thoughts and beat yourself up. Um, you sit in your own thoughts and I mean, the enemy will take you to places that you didn't even think you could go. Um, but that quiet rest in him is where I found, I found healing. Um, and it was hard to be quiet. It's hard to be quiet in my own mind. It was hard to be quiet in my house. I had two young, you know, young kids and I ended up moving across the state or across the country actually. And very, very humbled, had to go back to, you know, the ground floor, not just, you know, moving back into my old house in another state, but having to rebuild my life completely. Um, you know, God kind of put me, put me down back in the basement and had to build me up. But I don't, I don't regret having to go through that, but I think that it could have been a lot more gracious and it didn't have to be so severe if I would have just taken the time to really, to really reflect and heal the way that I knew I probably should. And I just like had to get so burnt out and so to the end of my rope before he could, I mean, he literally caught me falling off of my rope, I think. Um, and, and, and that, that was like in a lot of different ways. And there's a very complex story, you know, women's lives are always very complex, but um, as far as the healing that he's done has been, it, it's been so tender and so loving and, and so, um, so individualized. It's funny. It's like, I'm getting midwife by the Holy spirit, <laughs> um, which it. is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, and, and it's not a whole bunch of, you know, it was good or it was bad, you know, or you did good. Don't worry. Or, you know, it's not your fault. This, this is like soul healing from having to see the fallen world unfold in front of you and you not being able to stop it um to to feel responsible for you know not being able to do what they needed in the moment because you didn't have it to um to wanting to be the person who he made you to be but because you weren't listening or because you didn't take care of yourself you missed the ball um, and just missed opportunities and broken relationships and, um, you know, and then having to walk away kind of alone. And so as a, as a midwife, um, I think God never punishes us. I don't believe that at all. I believe this world just sucks sometimes. Um, mm. but as a, as a midwife that had to walk away from her practice so abruptly, I do think that that had to do with, um, the gracious of, of our Lord, Savior, God Almighty, Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, because he's like, enough, this is enough. Um, but also, um, but also because of the covering that I was under, because of what I know as a Christian now, when you step out of his umbrella, he can't, he can't help you. Um, it's just kind of like when, when our children leave our home and they're not under our roof anymore, it's like you have the information, but you've decided to step out over yonder and I love you. Um, I'm, you know, I'm here for you. I'll, I'll take care of you right now um, because you've walked out of my covering um, and the world does what the world does. And so it's not that he, 
wasn't there and it wasn't that he wanted anything bad for me, but I understand that the covering I was under because of the sin that I was in and because of my misunderstanding of scripture and because of the things that I was taught, um, it didn't have to be so hard. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's, that's some of my healing that I've had to do. And that's from, you know, a whole decade of midwifery. Um, and I know you've talked about, you know, some of the trauma from dealing with people, um, you know, and, um, different, different midwives, different preceptors and different clients that can, can really harm our hearts. Um, and it's because of the midwife, the midwife, um, tie that you have to them because we do put our hearts and souls into midwifery, but it also makes us incredibly vulnerable, um, to get hurt by people. Um, and it's, so it's funny. It's like midwife trauma isn't always just from, I had a really hard birth. It's not, I've had clients that have rung me out. Madon's seen it, pick you up, ring you out, throw you down, pick you up, ring you out. And then, then they kick you. And then, you know, and you're like, and she hadn't even had her baby yet. <laughs> like here, uh, here we go. Um, and, and as, as a wise woman, I would say, fire her. That's what I would say. Now fire her. Don't do that. Um, you shouldn't treat people that way. I don't care if you're pregnant. And we always have such like, well, she's pregnant. She doesn't mean it. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> and yeah. you're not, you're not, not a excuse. good, uh, no, it's not an excuse. And, um, and you're not a, uh, you're not a good midwife when you're being treated that way. Cause you really honestly can't think very, very well. And, um, yeah, so I would, I would maybe fire a person or two and, um, and break off some, some ties with some people a lot sooner. Um, and protect my, my home, my, like my safe place a lot better. Um, because those things really so, help us rest. So yeah, what are some practical tips that you could give, um, to, to the listeners, maybe if they're in birth work, because you can look back and kind of see, you know, which there was, you know, a culmination of a lot of different things. Um, but if, if, if you could go back and speak to your younger self and give her some tools to not get to that brick wall, what would some, what would some of those be? Um, I would say, hmm, uh, get accountability partners. Uh, you need to have someone who you're bringing up into the calling and someone you need to be bringing up in the face and then you need someone who is meant in the calling and someone who is mentoring you in the face. And these two people need to be solid. They need to be, you know, upstanding, righteous. They need to be who you want to be, um, better than who you want to be. Um, and that's, you know, I think sometimes as, as Christians, we think people under us can't be as good. Um, and I know that sounds rude, but that's just truth. Um, but they really can be, and even though you've gone through more, no more biblical scripture, or maybe you've, you know, like had a home church longer and she hasn't, but you, you need accountability on both sides under and above. Um, and you need to be in communication with those people, not constantly, but through those, through those issues. Cause I think in women, we talk in circles. And so talking to someone, you're just like, wow, I hear how I sound right now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I had those things throughout, but I never had that constant, um, mentorship and, um, you know, biblically, it says we're supposed to have it. it. It it keeps us upstanding. It keeps us righteous. It keeps us 
growing. It keeps us accountable. Um, and it, it's a good, healthy thing. And it doesn't always have to be a girlfriend. It doesn't always have to be a father. I mean, I have a spiritual mentor now um, who is, uh, she's very, very prophetic. So she, she, she not only is wise, but she'll tell me like, well, uh, God's saying this and I know he's told you. So, you know, what are you doing? Or how many more times is he going to have to tell you? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, and I have women that I'm bringing up and, um, that puts that level of, you know, excellence in yourself. Um, and I didn't have that throughout, like I should have, I had people let me down. I had people, uh, leave, I had people, you know, chastise me and, and I didn't replace them because of fear. I didn't replace that mentor or, you know, that, that person that I was trying to bring up that didn't work out so well because of fear, because that didn't feel good. So you're like, well, obviously I must not need that. And we very, very much do. Um, and I think it can cover a lot of ground in a very short phone call of um, what we should be doing. So what, yeah. what I, I hear you saying is that when we talked about setting up that support system, we talked about, you know, setting up yes. individuals in your life to help that you're yes. wanting to make sure like we're not just talking about a physical, you know, and emotional support system. We're talking about a spiritual support system as yes. well, that you're making sure that you are staying rooted, firmly grounded in the word and in the truth and taking that time yes. to rest when you need to rest and and to have those conversations that are with people who who love you and they they want they see in you what he's doing, but they might call you out. And right. we need that. We need that. right. And you are very much that for me. I had you, especially on the last leg. Um, I, I can never thank you enough for being not just a spiritual sister, but also, um, you know, a friend and a mentor. You mentored me. It was such a fun, <laughs> such a fun dynamic, Madon. Um, it was, she, she was a spiritual and mom and like co-mom, but then also a student. But it, it was, it, it was so beautiful. Um, and I, I really thank you for, for all the things that you poured into me, um, all the, all the conversations and, and help and prayer that you gave me in a really difficult time in my life. Um, you know, and I, I can't help but being, being human and hoping that, you know, the things that I was able to contribute in midwifery were, were not payback, but were, were some of the things that you had to go through in dealing with me going through a hard time. Um, but you were instrumental uh, in that, in that period of my life um, because of, because of your heart, because of who you are and how much you love moms. And um, if, if my testimony could be anything that, you know, motherhood is your calling is your ministry field. Um, I can attest that that is a hundred percent, 110 percent. Um where your where your gifting is and um the fact that God's added midwifery says he trusts you, he loves you, and you know, the things that he has before you are gonna be great. They really are. Thanks. I didn't expect that. Thank you, Jaquetta. Yeah. He has done a great work in me, that is for sure. And I'm humbled and extremely thankful for what he's done in my life and where he's put me and I'm really looking forward to the future <laughs> yes yes I am too go for it
Yes, I am too. And he is good. He's so good. He's so gracious yeah. and so, so loving. And, um, and, and midwifery really does mirror a lot of his heart. Um, and I think we get to see a special glimpse of that. So um, I, I wouldn't think I, there's not a better place he could have put you, Madon. <laughs> I agree. I feel exactly the same way. And thank you for that. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I know, it, you know, when you have a big family like you do, there's a lot going on and just uh, taking your time to just kind of impart some of your um, wisdom lessons that, that you've learned and what the Lord's doing um, with your life. And I just really appreciate it. And I know the listeners appreciate it and, and, and heartfelt. Just thank you. Yes. No, thank you. It was an honor. Truly, truly an honor to share. Um, and I hope that, yeah, I hope, I hope it helps somebody, encourage somebody. And, um, I hope somebody learned, learns from the things that I've been through because that's, that's what the Lord says to do. Share our testimony because everything that happens to us is for someone else. It's not just for us. Hi listeners. I wanted to add just a little bit to Joquetta's podcast episode. First off, I want to thank her so much for bringing out so many great points. Second off, I want to talk about mentorship that Jaquetta mentioned. Mentorship is so important in our lives, and recently I've really been diving more into this. And I've decided to open up an opportunity for you to do one-on-one Christian mentorship with me. If you are interested in that, please email me at healingtraumamamas at gmail.com and I will personally reach out to you. I'm also opening up some time slots to provide an opportunity to come and speak about my experiences, my testimony in healing, and helping others walk through that as well. If you are interested in having me come speak at your event, your group setting, or if you are interested in hosting a retreat that I can come speak at, please let me know. I have a few months available where this would be able to be the case, and I would love to talk to you more about it. Again, just reach out to me at healingtraumamamas at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. I do personally answer those messages. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your Creator. So be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time. Shalom.